Hello everyone! Welcome back to the Middle School GSA! It's been so long since we've actually recorded, but here we are! What are you um, talking about? We recorded last week. Yeah, totally. The Manosphere. Yes, absolutely. Yep, yep. That's exactly what happened, actually. Um, yeah, and I definitely haven't been moving and trying to get a new job and uh, constantly exhausted and... <laughs> Never in a in a fit mental state to talk about politics for two hours. Have you um, heard back from that job interview or that job that you interviewed? Yes. Did you? Um, I am hired. Congratulations. That's yes, nineteen fifty an hour. Ooh. I, yeah. It's sad that I have to go ooh with that, but that is good. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Anything else new in Absolutely. your life? Absolutely. Um, I just watched, uh, I finally stopped putting off watching The Last of Us, the HBO show. Oh, yeah. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> cool. I thought it was great. That's, I, I'm, I'm happy for you. Happy you were able to enjoy that. You didn't like it? No, I didn't watch it. I, I actually don't care. You see, I do this thing where I just, my default is to hate something if I don't have an opinion on it. Like, mm -hmm. my default is just to just, like, roll my eyes and be like, oh, yeah, that, that stupid thing, yeah. Um, that's how I pretty much responded to all media up until the past couple years yeah, of my life. Yeah, we can tell. We can tell. I just, I don't know. It's this weird, like, performative rebellion that I used to put up. I don't really do it any... Like, I do it now with, like, some amount of self-awareness. Like, I do it jokingly, but people don't realize that I'm joking. People think mm -hmm. I'm just really ignorant and mm -hmm. hateful. Uh, I don't have hate in my heart for the majority of media, but uh, I just don't mm -hmm. care. And that's something that people really get mad at me for. But, like, I am very apathetic when it comes to pop culture these days. I just have a very hard time getting myself invested even if I know, like, objectively, like, all my friends love this show. I'm probably going to love it if I push myself enough to watch it. But it's like, I just don't have the energy. I understand that. Um, I will say, uh, I, I understood the Pedro Pascal craze before watching the show. But now I understand it. Truly. Um, the brain rot is... Now I'm going to go back and watch through his entire portfolio everything he's ever acted in wow. um yeah great extremely versatile actor and super talented um and you know what i'll next time my dad implies or tries to imply that maybe maybe he wasn't really responsible for traumatizing me I'm just going to tell him about my my intense attraction to Joel from The Last of Us, which is not something that someone with a perfectly healthy relationship with their father would feel. Um, but here we are. So the fatherless allegations do have some truth to them after all. Oh, they do have some truth. They do. Um, okay. My dad is like, is like, he's a good dude. Um, but the thing is, growing up, he just treated me like his five-year-old like one of his bros um yeah and yeah and uh just kind of kind of weird relationship i love the guy but there's a lot of parents out there that do that that's like one of the worst ways to raise a child i would rather mm -hmm. have a super strict parent than 
that, like if I could do my life over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he uh, and he has a, a master's degree in political science. Uh, and he's also definitely, he's where I got my autism from. Um, so he'd just ironically be like, I'm going to destroy my eight-year-old in a debate right now. Just use all of my skills from my entire, from my entire academic career and weaponize them against my child right now and make them feel like the most stupid person in existence every single day. And now that that's, is, that's that is parenting. parenting that I can get behind. Debate bro parenting. See, <laughs> oh man! Imagine, imagine, fucking. See, I don't even know how to. D- it's also it's also an issue that whenever I would try to complain about something like a real serious social issue, he would immediately start playing devil's advocate without telling me. So I'd be like absolutely horrified that apparently my father thinks it's okay for disabled people to be paid below minimum wage, but the whole time he was really just playing devil's advocate trying to to make me think about about things and how to how to argue against them but i would just be appalled the entire time just horrified remember when humanity was capable of understanding the concept of a devil's advocate argument mhm remember remember back when like um questioning the logical foundation of your political base um and like how actively they're able to weaponize their rhetoric against the opposition wasn't immediately interpreted as defense of the opposition in spite of yeah. everything you have to say. That was that was amazing. I think that I think it has to do with setting. Like it's it's not always appropriate like when a person of color is telling telling the class, the high school class about um some some deeply traumatic part of their life and then the the white guy with a buzz cut who comes to a s- school every day in a suit is just like well let me let me play the devil's advocate here like it's it's about people having no fucking idea what context is appropriate um i think that like, is a problem in- but i also like truly think that there are a lot of people who just refuse to question the logical foundation of their own base and by playing devil's advocate you were you are doing that, and you are just offend- offending oh, yeah. a lot it's, of people. It's a super great intellectual exercise that's really important for anyone who wants to be talking about politics, needs to engage in. Like, you need to be able, you need to know what the opposition's arguments against you are so that you're prepared to counter them. Um, otherwise, you end up in situations where um, you end up like going into a debate with Ben Shapiro having no fucking idea what he actually believes just that he doesn't like trans people or something and then you have you're you're able to say oh well I know that this is morally correct which it is but then you're not able to to explain why and actually actually combat um his arguments and then you get the fucking triggered liberal destroyed in debate compilations yeah, and also just generally, like, if somebody says something bad about a bad person, and you're like, well, 
that's not exactly true, there then you're immediately defending that person. It's so silly. It's so silly. I don't understand it. Like, I... And every once in a while, I do... Like, I like to think that my side is generally correct about most things, but then it's kind of rampant, where I see people all over the place on the internet using these disingenuous arguments, or arguments that aren't really based in truth, and it's like, it's okay, the other side is wrong. You can just argue with what they actually believe and still be right. You don't have to make shit up about what they believe in order to be right. <laughs> it is it is deeply frustrating and it is just absolutely shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, it's pathetic. And I think tankies have caused irreparable damage because fucking tankies are the biggest woke oh, scolds. Fucking tankies. They're the biggest woke scolds, SJWs, performative activists, whatever we're calling them now. They're the biggest like people with no logic who are just like rampantly like screaming at people. Like any like hate thread any like like super bad like hate thread or like thing like telling you that like everybody who uses this word is like a terrible person when it's like all obviously bullshit. It's all tankies and people don't even know what tankies are. So they just like mm -hmm. follow them. Somebody's like, oh yes, um Marxist Leninist thirty-five. Uh or Maoist. These like Maoist and Leninist people. They're like, yeah, you know, these I don't know who the fuck a Mao or a Lenin is, but uh they have a really good point here about how Anyone who says Ben Shapiro isn't a turf is secretly transphobic. I don't know, dude. It's mm -hmm. like too many layers and to this. I I remember. Um, see, I I, I think I, I may have mentioned something along these lines before, but I I like to seek out, um, not quite to the degree that you do, Demi, but I seek out people who disagree with me to argue with them on the internet. And one of the times I did this. I joined uh, a leftist uh, unity group on Facebook, uh, which was supposed to be like uh, tankies and ancoms unite. Um, and in there, I was like, you know, guys, I think that voting for Biden might be good because Trump, um, Trump rolled back civil rights protections for queer people. So now that we can... Now we can legally be denied medical care for being queer. Um, and was just immediately called a shit lib. And, you know, how dare you? How dare you say anything about harm reduction? It's because fucking Marxists. It's because, like, these, like, pseudo-intellectual Marxists are all, like, middle-class, cisgendered, heterosexual white people who think who think they're playing like 7D chess and they have like everything all figured out for all minority groups when in reality they have like no real world experience to account for it nor do they care to listen to your real experience they might retweet an infograph about listening to the voices of people of color but they do not actually value that at all they 100% oh, yeah. believe in the gatekeeping of information they are all this is all bourgeois bullshit like yes. all of it and it's it's so yes. funny that they act like they're at the forefront of the revolution or that oh you know we're the we're the warriors of this class struggle when they're not mm -hmm. at all yeah we have uh, a lot to talk about today and one of those things would be comments so the last episode 
in the Manosphere, we didn't read comments for some stupid, ridiculous reason. I don't know why, we didn't read comments. So we're going to read the comments from the Forced Diversity episode, which came out over a month ago now. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And, yeah, and then we'll read the Manosphere comments. So uh, on Forced Diversity, we have a comment from Spice Chai, who is Squeebo, says, Biddle School S.A. is run by Mulimed and Legal Bueller. Cool. Hilarious. David Fern says, Demi yelling at people was the best part of the episode. We did read these. Did we? I think we did. Are I'm you pretty sure? sure we read these. Wait. No, we read these when on the Scrapped episode. Oh, so shit. So nobody heard okay. us. Okay, yeah. That's what Oof. happened. We did scrap an episode, by the way, guys. You'll never, you'll never know. <laughs> you will never know what got scrapped. But we had a pretty wild episode that you're never going to hear. Um, yep. Real Merrick, who used to be Crystal Wesson, says, Hey, yo, I had no time to listen and answer to the last episode. So, oh my God. Now we're talking about two episodes ago. <clears throat> Ferris, you asked me about Germany, why it was such a utopia, but the people are still grumpy. It is an interesting question. First of all, it depends on where you live. Northern Germany people are really shy and don't like to be talked to. I personally hate it when someone approaches me in a store or in the street, but in southern Germany, that is really really normal. I always feel like an alien when I visit my friends in Karlsruhe. I apologize, I cannot read this. Um, K-A-R-L-S-R-U-H-E. There's definitely a syllable in there that... uh, is not accounted for in the English alphabet uh, because people just talk to you. I feel like people are more genuine how they feel and don't pretend to be happy when they are not. Store workers, for example, look neutral, which can feel like they are grumpy to to foreigners, I think. But they are definitely really grumpy arseholes who are resentful. I think it's because of World War II. I don't know, (laughs) to be honest. But the younger generation is definitely more open and nice and nicer wow uh story of my life story of everyone's life you you mean to tell me that younger people are more friendly wow that's crazy i no. actually i'd like to one day live in germany it's really? just a nice place to live yeah i don't think i'm ever gonna move out of this state <laughs> i think i'm gonna die in wisconsin that's terrible uh don't do that to yourself <laughs> Unless I'm in a situation where, like, everyone I love and care about is no longer in my life, then maybe I'll move. But as long as, like, my connections are still here, like, my very close friends, uh, I don't have any reason to leave. I don't really care. I Anyways. <laughs> like, I don't really Like, I don't really hate Wisconsin, though. I fucking hate the winter. But at the, I mean, but I also hate the summer. I prefer, mm-hmm. I'd probably rather deal with winter because I can wear outfits that I like. Like, I can do, like, I can actually do fashion a tiny, teeny, tiny bit because I'm not mm-hmm. just going to sweat to death. Yeah. Thank you for the comment. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, Merrick it is now, I guess. M-A-R-I-K? Is that, is it Merrick? Marrick? Marrick? I'm going to say Merrick for That's now. That's probably Merrick. Unless I'm, yeah, unless I'm corrected. Insight Zoidberg. Oh, great. Insight Zoidberg commented again, and I'm sure everything she has to say is completely genuine without a, without a hint of insincerity. 
Great episode. Enjoyed hearing Ferris's queer backstory. Put it put in a good word for me. By the way, my good friend Kai would like to guest on the show, and he is a member of the LGBT IQCAPGNGFNBA plus community. <laughs> I figured he would be a fitting guest for the show. Put in a good word for me. Great episode. Enjoyed hearing Demi Gloom's queer backstory, and it's the same thing. Uh, and then it's just a bunch of different names. Enjoyed hearing Peter's queer backstory. Enjoyed hearing Kai's queer backstory. By the way, my good friend Insight. Okay, I'm not. We're not doing this. I'm not enabling this behavior. Um, Insight, you were banned from listening to this show forever. No more <laughs> comments. Uh, Pepito says, "Welcome to the Brownie Initiation Podcast." He he he. Um, Pepito is probably aware of the Brony Initiation podcast, given that they're a Demi and the Goons fan, or so it seems. Um, don't listen to it. I probably, like, said, like, bad takes on there. I probably, like, defended capitalism or something. I don't know. I had a liberal arc for a while before I was radicalized. Um, all right, so those are all the comments on the Forced Diversity episode. We appreciate each and every comment. Um... Still had more likes than, or more comments than likes. Um, if you're gonna comment <laughs> how much you love the episode, leave a like. Just do it. Just smash the like button and subscribe too. We have 35 subscribers. Come on now. Oh, we also we also posted a clip. Um, should we read the comments for that too? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, into the manosphere. Um, Merrick says, "Congrats on the HRT. Thank you very much." Um, oh, for our uh, middle school GSA uh, class that we sell, they said they should call it HRT Verd University. I think that's pretty good. Yes. Yes. Are you crying? Are you okay? No. I'm fine. You were just like dead silent for a second, and then you were just like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I'm fine. I'm right here. Pepito says, is title based on Adventure Time? Um... No, it's, I named it Into the Manosphere, like Into the Spider-Verse. I don't know what Uh the Adventure Time reference would be. I'm not an Adventure Time fan. Oh, and I'm, I'm so fucking excited to see the new, the new Spider-Verse movie. Um, I've been trying to pirate it all day, but I can't find a good one. I tried to pirate it yesterday and failed, um, miserably. Ended up, um... I, I made a new friend who was horrified that I hadn't seen Ghost Rider. <laughs> Ghost so Rider? I watched Ghost R- the one with Nicolas Cage? So I watched Cage? Ghost Rider. Yes. And it was so good. I was loved it actually it. good? No, it was terrible. The, it was the fucking, produced by the same person who produced Morbius. The fucking Ghost Rider. That movie was just played like 24-7 on the sci-fi channel for like 10 years. Uh-huh. Like, if you go on sci-fi, uh-huh. literally, like, past, like, 7 p.m., it was either Hellboy or Ghost Rider. Just re- on repeat. <laughs> Just all night long. Yeah. Because that's, like, the only film was, they had the rights to. It was truly awful. I really... And part of the plot of Ghost Rider is that this guy, like, sells his soul to cure his dad's cancer, and then there's, like, a twist, and his dad dies any- anyways. Um, I feel like Nicolas Cage sold his soul to the devil for his career. Um, I just cannot imagine how he got into the position that he's in 
without something like that. It's the same shit with Weezer. It has to be. It has to be the devil. What? Um, Weezer's good. Weezer, they have no musical talent. What they are you talking about? They have zero technical skill. All of their songs have... It's truly... They listen closer. They're yeah, they're very... Stand- really- it's all like very simple power chords. And they just like yes. add like arpeggios and rearrange yes. them from there. But it's good. It's see, it's it's good, it's good, but it's bad, and we can acknowledge that. Um, but Nicolas Cage, Nick, like the whole it's not movie, ba- simplicity isn't bad. That's not a problem necessarily. It's, it's just it gets it gets boring. But the, Weezer has like this weird charisma and really great songwriting, and that is that is what makes Weezer so great. But Nicolas Cage is built like a fucking chimp. Um, with a very low body fat percent, um, and his neck sticks out at a right angle, and apparently Johnny Depp was the first pick for that role. Oh my god! Um, fuck Johnny every Depp single too. Time, Jesus Christ! Fuck Johnny Depp. Um, that's we we can talk about that. That's feminism. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> No, um, let's not bring up Johnny Depp in that conversation. I don't want to. Yeah, sure, sure. That's fine. That's fine. I don't really. I honestly, I prefer to forget that he exists. But uh, Nicolas Cage, um, every time I see him in the movie, in a movie, I am just fucking perplexed. I have no fucking idea how this man got into these A-list positions without. Without selling his soul to the devil. It's the only logical conclusion I can come to, honestly. Yeah. He also, I mean, he probably did sell his soul. Because if you look at his face, he just, like, seems to have, like, no, like, real human emotion whatsoever. Yeah. Like, people say, like, Mark Zuckerberg is a robot. I think Mark Zuckerberg is, like, like a poor experiment to, like, imitate humanity. Like, it's very obvious. Nicolas Cage... Is everyone like, everyone says that about Mark Zuckerberg. I think he's just autistic. I think people need to stop being mean to him about that. <laughs> I think he's a billionaire, so I don't care. Yeah. But make <laughs> fun of him for I being a billionaire, for not being autistic. Pardon my communism. <laughs> um, Nicolas Cage looks like he has like no human emotion. He feels like a, like a Terminator level cyborg. I definitely feel like he had there's some persistent depressive disorder. Um he hasn't felt real joy for at least 20 years. He's just chugging along anyway, though. Yeah, it's whatever. Do what you gotta do, I guess. Um, We do have more comments. We're like, how long are we in? We're like 30 minutes in, Jesus. 30 minutes, yeah. Um, Okay. Um, Must Know 3 says, A dude who thinks that being on a cuck's discord is somewhat equivalent to success. What? And... A dude who thinks that being on a cuck's discord is somewhat equivalent to success and an utterly confused, most likely suffering from mental illness, illnesses, or mental issues, snowflake, get together to talk about masculinity of all topics. What could go wrong? Oh, wait. Is this a new hater? I hadn't Are they hating us or are they hating... Are they talking about Andrew Tate? They're hating us. Um, There was a different hater, though, who I I had a, a conversation with. We, we're um, going to read that soon. I haven't soon. checked Don't up worry. on that thread. Yeah, must know three, Ooh. four days ago says. 
uh, incomprehensible comment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Next comment. Pepito says, animals are cute, but they eat other animals too. That's exactly the depressing reality I was talking about. Like, there's nothing I can do to stop <laughs> animals from just constantly experiencing torture and suffering. This extends to insects, fish, fucking everything. Like, it's so sad. Have you seen, like, those ocean documentaries? Could you imagine the horrifying reality that living life as a fish in the deep sea would be? Like, you can't yeah, walk outside of your house. Bad. You just get munched immediately. Uh-huh. Like, you are nothing more than a walking statistic. And that statistic By- is a 99% chance that you will die in the next day. And you're going to get eaten by, like, an actual eldritch abomination, of all things. Yeah. How dishonorable, man. It's so sad. It's so sad. Dishonorable. Do you not... Do you have this kind of sympathy for fish? Um... Or do you just, like, not really connect with that, like, area of life? See, it's... It's weird. I... uh, I absolutely love fish, but I do have less empathy for fish than I do for other animals. Um, But, like, I've had pet fish before that had huge personalities that were very charismatic, would, like, look you in the eyes um, and do all these silly little things. Um, And I love those fish, and I'm gonna have more fish soon, and I'm gonna have a shrimp tank, and I'm gonna be so happy. Just like that guy on 4chan who got a shrimp taken tank and it fixed all of his problems in his life do you feel like you love fish in the same way you love plants um i love fish more than i love plants but it is similar um we can see this is an entirely different conversation i have justifications for why i eat fish (laughs) Um, i don't have justifications for why i eat anything that i eat it's an abomination uh i cry as i devour hundreds of chicken nuggets that's just my reality <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh man. Okay, we are such we are both the beta soy people that these commenters say we are. Okay. The allegations are true. Uh okay. Now Traveler Me2401 says at twenty six, folks, rent is high in the UK. That's men's issues for you, gents. According to this confused, zero-life-experience kid who doesn't know her up from her down and her black from her white. Planetary-level facepalm. Polonius Ferris replies, Feel free to give an example that you feel is better. None of this is scripted, so I just pulled the first thing I remember him mentioning in an interview off of the shelf in the back of my head. I'll admit it's pretty dusty back there. Elameo, you should have defended yourself. Um, That is a legitimate grievance for a lot of people, including men. It, this is true, yes. Um, Traveler Me 2401 says, Appreciate the honesty. Talk to real people. Listen to real problems in real life. Stop talking whatever pre-packaged worldview presented in mainstream media at face value and believing everything they tell you. You know it's wrong. And then you said, feel free to point me in what you believe to be the right direction. They said, lol, dot, dot, dot. If inviting... If inviting you to actually use your brain, think, and live in reality is me pushing you in some nefarious direction, like what you're trying to make it sound, then there you go. Follow my direction and think what I tell you to think. Lol. Um, this is like... What was I trying to make it sound like? 
<laughs> I just want, like, if he doesn't think I should trust the mainstream media, if I'm entirely wrong about what men's issues are, where the fuck do I find out about it? That's what I was asking. I think this is an I was asking fan. him to give me give me a, a source for what he believes. And and yeah, you're totally right. Um rent being high is an issue for men. That is a stressor that is just weighing on our entire generation that's struggling to be independent from their parents. Um and for the most part it's futile without uh 15 roommates in a fucking 100 square foot a uh, closet. See, that's the lifestyle I <laughs> um, want though. I want I I'm all for the the fight club model of housing. Um and and um literally this was something that he said. I like watched a Piers Morgan interview with Andrew Tate and that was one of the first things that he started talking about. And that is an example of real life grievances that are extremely valid to have. But then Andrew Tate turns it around and says, it's because, uh, it's because women. It's because, um, it's because hashtag Me Too movement. Yeah, for uh, full context, it wasn't Felonious Ferris being like, men's lives are so hard, look at rent prices. It was Felonious Ferris responding to Andrew Tate, attributing um, male's grievances related to rent prices being high in the UK. Mil, um, him attributing that to like Me Too and feminism and yada yada yada, and Felonius Ferris was responding with that, saying, "Yes, re- high rent is a legitimate grievance, but you can't attribute it to those things." It was not us being men's rights activists, which kinda, I cannot make clear kinda, enough. Kind of, it 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 wasn't like he was attributing it to feminism. He was attributing it to this vague cultural decline of Western civilization, like. Which he like everything is going to shit, and of course he also thinks that feminism and hashtag Me Too is is part of that cultural decline. He thinks that's like the root of all of it. Mm-hmm. Like he has this like fucking very, in my opinion, like bigoted understanding of like Islam, where he I think he just saw oh, like yeah. he just saw Islam and was like, ooh, three wives that have to women cover aren't their allowed faces. to drive here. Yeah. That's this is what Islam is about. <laughs> oh yeah. Um yeah. It's it's silly and goofy. Um, um and I actually I think it's highly predatory. I actually left a comment on this that got taken down <gasps> by YouTube. Oh holy shit. Um Felonius Ferris was being too nice to this guy who had no interest in engaging in civil discourse. And I just I, I simply left the comment. This was not by any means, an insult. It was just a, an acknowledgement of a basic reality. All I said was, I wouldn't care if you died. And <laughs> that got taken down by YouTube. The Matrix oh got me. Oh my god! <laughs> We're not allowed to share our opinions anymore. I was just stating uh, a simple fact, you know? Like, if this person Literally did 1984. Die, you know, I, d- I don't know this person. People die every day. Like, I wouldn't care if they died, right? I don't think literally that's unfair to say. Yeah, literally 1984. Literally 1984. Uh, user IGV01PQ4D says, Yay, new MSGSA. It's been too long. I love seeing our silent fans finally leave comments. Yes. I love the, valid- the validation of the fact that there are more people listening than like the three people that leave a comment on every episode. Mm-hmm. 
every single time someone leaves a comment, even if it's to be a hater, actually, I kind of, I, I, I love haters. Haters, please comment. I love you. Oh, me too. I'll Absolutely. I'll give you a little kiss. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, and, and just supportive commenters. So much joy. So much joy it brings me to hear from everyone. Yeah. Do you want to read the comments for the should trans people arm themselves clip that got posted? Uh, yeah. Um, can you send me the link to it? Sure. There you go. Uh... A lot of these comments, um, maybe, I don't know about a lot on the YouTube, but a lot of people saw the, I, I promoted this video in a lot of Discord servers with self-promo chats. And a lot of them just immediately assumed that we were arguing for trans people arming themselves. And they were like, you guys are disgusting. You want to put guns in the hands of these groomers that are taking control? And I didn't actually watch the clip. And a few people in the comments here didn't actually watch the clip. Do you have it pulled up? Uh, yes, I do. All right. Um, sort by newest and scroll to the bottom. Yes. My God, 25 comments. Holy shit. We don't have to respond um, to all of them. We can just speed through some of them. Because a lot of them are the same. Uh, if trans people need to kill themselves, they'll need a gun. I don't know why I'm still sub to this crap. Insignificant. Wow, that was a bad take and your arguments would fall apart in the slightly bi slightest bit of scrutiny. Uh, yeah, it's cringe. Um... We're not actually middle schoolers. That's what Demi Gloom said to it. Someone said that we were middle schoolers. Give mentally ill, extremely thin-skinned people guns. Fantastic idea. American citizens have the right to arm themselves. Why emphasize trans people? Absolutely not. The last one we see with a gun was wild. This is fed work for real. This is going to result in a lot more trans folks hurting themselves. Shame on you, reported. <laughs> they got reported. They reported us for saying trans people shouldn't buy guns. But they didn't realize that, oh. so they shouldn't. Or were they saying, or were they arguing free. that trans people are like in the long term going to hurt themselves more if they don't have guns? Was that their argument? I don't know. I'll people give you a free stupid. trip to anywhere in the Middle East, all expenses paid, if you want to see what sixty-five percent of the world thinks about you people. Um, what do you mean by you people? Curious. What do you mean by you people? Yeah. <laughs> they surely, surely they're not referring to us they, because we're trans, right? Yeah. Um, someone says, yes, heart, white flag, uh, transgender or like gender diverse emoji. Um, you're telling me the United States is a real place? Uh, you know, in Europe, we would never have this problem. Um, yeah, See, there's a and bunch I don't of know demi gloom reprise. When they say, you know, in Europe, we would never have this problem. I don't know if they're saying, um, Europe doesn't have the woke gender problem, or Europe doesn't have the gun problem. One of those is based, and yeah. one of those isn't. Uh huh. Yeah, all these com uh -huh. most of these comments are just brain dead, and they didn't even actually watch the video. Everyone decided to have an opinion on us before they watched the video. But essentially, the main sentiment from people who replied on Reddit, Twitter, um, you know, social media, and Discord was that we were feds. Um, I don't think it's. <laughs> I think it's very cringe um, that leftists are all of a sudden like super pro-gun and it's like, oh, it's fed behavior. It's like, listen, we're just, we just know who we're up against. That's all. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we're on their side. 
you're free. You're free to look through the Discord servers that I'm in. Thug Shaker Central is not one of them. Um, I am not. I am not a Fed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. How do I prove to them that I'm not a Fed? I don't think they actually um, think we're Feds. I think they're just calling uh-huh. it Fed behavior. Uh huh. I don't think we engage in Fed behavior. I think Fed behavior just means like things that we disagree with for these people. Yeah. And yes, I said you people. I'm talking about Marxists. I don't like Marxists. Mm-hmm. I do. See, I've met I've met some good Marxists. I have some family members who are good Marxists. Um, I have. Oh, no, they're like, out there. Uh, and I have an aunt that like went to Cuba to go work in fields with people. <laughs> like that's that's my family. <laughs> um, I think but, there's great Marxists out there, but at the end of the day, I one don't think it's um it's good to like gatekeep an entire realm of thought um mm-hmm. behind like one person's literature. Like yeah. people are like, "Oh, you believe in these things, therefore you're a Marxist." And what is a Marxist? A Marxist is a follower of the teachings of Karl Marx. That's that's a very mm-hmm. like religious almost kind of way of thinking that I don't really like agree with which is which is super wrong yeah it's it's just immediately and then you'll you'll see people like this is revisionist this isn't what marx actually said and it's like you don't think that we should fucking rethink shit as time goes on revisionism it's, it's is like the pretending Bible. that someone didn't believe in something like re- re- revisionism is like pretending that marx like was anti-gun or like pretending that Marx wasn't pro-gun and just yeah. like ignoring that. Um what we do it, like it, but it was it was within a context where it was like this isn't what this you aren't a real marxist. You can't say that you're a marxist because this isn't what Marx said. Yeah. And it's it's silly. Which is exactly why I don't identify as a marxist. There's a lot of marxist uh-huh. thought that like a lot of there's a lot of like marxist writing that I strongly agree with and will follow to the grave and there's also a lot of things that he said that were bad i'm not gonna define my ideology based on the teachings of a single human being no human is perfect yep yep socialism how i feel and marx um not to discredit the guy but like he very sincerely um i think if you were to ask him himself he would he would tell you and he said this in like the communist manifesto um the ideas that he like documents and advocates for are not ideas that he invented. Like Marx, Marx mm-hmm. didn't come up with the concept of egalitarianism. He, throughout all um all of his literature, he cites many many historical examples of things that he thinks were like good solutions to the natural like class conflicts that take place in a capitalist society. Um. I don't think Marx would appreciate the like religious, like cult like following that he's developed. Yeah. Yep. It's but never he also a good wouldn't, thing. He also wouldn't uh approve of his uh Jewish following, so there's that yeah. too. <laughs> um anyways, we've talked a lot and we haven't even met our topic yet. So uh-huh. what are we what do we call this? I don't know, we'll figure out what um, to call it after we talk about the topic unless you have an idea no essentially we're going to talk about feminism our personal experience with feminism our personal relationship feminism are we feminists i don't know um 
What is a feminist? How would you describe feminism, Felonius Ferris? Um, I'd I'd say that it's someone who, um, who believes in um in gender equality, who does not believe that a entirely patriarchal system um is positive, um, and. That's that's just generally a lot of the time it's more specifically about uh women's issues um talking about the equalization of women and and men with the bettering of women in mind but it's really important to remember that feminism also femi- real feminism also benefits men. I I would agree with that. Um I think the best I think the simplest way Maybe not the best way, but the simplest way to define feminism as resistance to patriarchy. I think feminism can only exist in a patriarchy. Um, if we did live in like a perfect society, like where men and women were completely equal and nobody was uh, discriminated against, uh, persecuted, marginalized, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, victimized on the basis of their gender, um, or had their life dictated on the basis of their gender or sex. Um, there would be no need for feminism. So I think feminism describes the resistance to an existing patriarchy or an upcoming patriarchy or hypothetical patriarchy, whatever, in whatever realm this patriarchy exists, um, whether in theory or practice, feminism is the resistance of that. Um, The word like feminism, like femininism, um, is sometimes interpreted as like the other relating to femininity, like being pro-femininity, um, which I would disagree mm-hmm. with that definition. There are a lot of uh, feminists throughout history who were, uh, to say, to put it bluntly, uh, misandrist, very bitter and hateful towards men as a concept and believed that women were superior. They believed in the feminization of society and were pro-femininity and anti-masculinity. But I don't think that's what feminism means. I don't think that's what feminism is. I believe feminism, uh, the true definition of the word, is simply resistance to patriarchy. And I believe that resistance to patriarchy would entail the equality uh, of all all genders. So essentially, yeah, equality for all genders is like the goal. Um, Feminism kind of has a rocky complicated history particularly in america well not even particularly in america it's even more complicated once we go international but Mm -hmm. feminism in america itself is a very difficult concept to like document um the first people to call themselves feminists is like a widely debated topic uh what is and isn't feminism or like what feminism is like the definitive feminism of a time period or like what the consensus of a feminist movement is on a particular issue is it's all a complicated thing but um i do have some simple notes for some things that i already knew some things that i learned recently most things that i learned more recently like i had a very simple understanding of the history of feminism but essentially feminism has can be like separated into waves um different just time periods 
have had different like feminist activity with different emphasis like emphasis on different things uh different ideological standings just a lot there's a lot of diversity and there's no like one idea that all feminists have believed in or did believe in during a certain time period or during a certain wave it's just like if we're going to speak to the consensus and relevant or most relevant activity that took place within a feminist movement during a specific wave um this is what we would point to so first wave feminism took place in the 19th and early 20th century and basically it did have it did go hand in hand with the abolitionist movement although abolitionism was a very divisive topic as you could guess there were feminists within there were i mean there were feminist slave owners and there were also feminists uh feminist slaves you know like feminism was an ideology that existed among all kinds of people back then but generally if we're going to trace back like feminism as we know it and its roots we can look to the abolitionist movement the um this general criticism of you know authoritarianism this idea that people deserve freedom and that these arbitrary characteristics like race ethnicity gender sex um, are things that shouldn't define our rights. Rights shouldn't be connected to those things. And women at the time were expected to be essentially accessories, you know? Um, even worse than what a conservative nowadays would call their perfect trad wife. They were essentially, not to compare them to slaves, because they were, <laughs> I think, uh, white women were much better off than slaves at the time. But um, they really were, they didn't have a whole lot of agency. They lived, they stayed at home mm -hmm. and were essentially just servants to their husbands. And their entire existence revolved around the birthing of children, you know, the taking care of children. And essentially they were just man factories, you know. There were men, the important folks, and the women who existed to sustain the existence of men. And a lot of women, surprise, surprise, weren't big fans of being completely dehumanized. So a lot of women, and I don't have names and specific literature for a lot of these notes, but the general sentiment started to grow among women that they wanted to be, you know, individual human beings, make their own choices, live their own day-to-day -day lives. Um, and they wanted to vote. How audacious of them. Jesus Christ. You know, I was, <laughs> I, I, I bet there are hundreds of feminists in like the year 1901 or hundreds of like men in 1901 who were like yeah i was all for this feminism thing until they uh until they started wanting to vote and all that that was just too far for me you'll see this time and time and again there were there were even um suffragettes and old old feminists um that like just wanted to vote and then were like oh yeah and women belong in the kitchen it's yeah. it's really it's really complicated. There were a lot of different schools of thought happening all at the same time. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah. They uh they also they wanted the biggest things were they wanted to vote and have jobs. Um the voting and jobs came a little bit later. It became it started more as just a general criticism and hostility towards their obligation to fulfill a motherly like a very um traditional motherly role without any freedom or agency whatsoever and later on as that sentiment became more popular um it 
started to look politically attainable to for women to start having jobs and like careers and also vote and just participate in society as the humans that they are. Um, and I do think that it's also worth mentioning that a lot of it um, was originally inspired because of domestic violence. You know, if you're you're not allowed to have a job, not allowed to have your own bank account, um, what are you supposed to do when your husband, who your entire life is tied to, um, starts starts beating you? Um, supposed to run away? Well, with what money? You're going to live on the streets? That's not going to be great. Um, and a lot of it was just women <laughs> wanting to exist without being harmed <laughs> by, their, by their romantic partners. And it was completely just... legal to beat the living fuck out of your wife uh, until the 1920s, mm -hmm. which was, mm -hmm. what, 100, 100 years ago now? Yeah, it's the 2020s. Yeah. Barely, so like, like, people, there are people, like, 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 when I was a baby, there were people who were alive when it was legal to beat the shit out of your wife. Mm -hmm. Probably very, very old people who were born right around the time, but, you know, the just for perspective. Like, it wasn't, it really wasn't that long ago. It was like a person ago. Like, one lifetime and ago. Oh, Yeah. It, people people absolutely forget that this is relatively recent history. Um, and a lot of women's liberation movements across the world, there was uh, a famous woman, oh god, now I'm gonna forget everything about her. Um, I believe, do not quote me on this, she was Italian. Um, and she sold perfumes and she would also give um, women who were being abused by their husbands cyanide to poison them with. and To poison their husbands? She, like, or to kill themselves? Yes, to poison their husbands. Okay. And like so I thought this was going men, a different direction. Like 600 men um, died from the cyanide she was giving out. Um, super based. Mega based. Uh, yeah. That's Pretty cool, just, but like a lot of it was in that just society, where did escaping the, violence? Where did the women go after their husbands were killed? What did they do? Um, they'd just be able to um live, continue to live in their husband's estate or wherever they were living. Um, they could continue to be a widow, never remarry. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe America was great at one point. <laughs> I want a world where you can kill your husband and just, well, I mean, I guess we still, why, why am I pretending that this is exclusive to that time? You could still do that. Yeah. You still 100% do that. Yeah. This was, this was in Europe though, but, uh, this very famous instance of this woman who poisoned 600 men with cyanide. Um, that's the thing is a yeah. lot of, uh, a lot of the huge feminist activity took place in Europe, like way more yes. so than the U S like they, had shit figured out way before we did, and they had a much like, more active following. But I don't know shit about European history, so I have like no context for all of these events. They'd be like, during the time of this, this, and this, feminist activity was like, I don't know what those things are. So I really was mm -hmm. only able to talk about the American stuff in my notes. Oh, God, the U.S. education system. 
They just don't like. We don't even just... know shit about U.S. history. Not really. Much no. less the history of other countries. I learned all my U.S. <laughs> history from like YouTube and Wikipedia. Yeah. Verifiable Great. sources, anyway. by the way. I'm not watching like alternative history channels and shit. Um, mm-hmm. Second wave feminism started in like the 1960s, and um, essentially it went from more so a school of thought related to like. You know, it, it went more from theory to practice, and they essentially just wanted to be legally recognized as like normal human beings. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was it started was in second wave feminism that women really, really started to get audacious with their uh, own humanity. It was all about the the legislation they wanted to legalize no fault divorce, which, by the way, um, well, no fault divorce is. A woman has the right to divorce her husband without like proving to a court that she was abused necessarily by you know by a legal definition, and um that was only legalized like federally or in all states in two thousand and ten so up until two thousand and ten there were still women out there who legally could not uh be divorced from their husbands because their husbands didn't consent to their divorce, which is absolutely atrocious um Mm -hmm. that is so many things there's so many adjectives so many demonetizable adjectives i could use to describe Mm -hmm. the experience of these women who are forced into a fucking marriage it's it's awful i believe you should be able to divorce anyone for whatever fucking reason if you truly do not want to be in a relationship with somebody you don't have to there's no mm-hmm. circumstance where you are obligated to remain in a relationship with somebody. Unless we're talking about like mm-hmm. your child. Like obviously you kind of have to stay in your kid's life. <laughs> but Or like there's stuff there's stuff like where I do believe people are obligated to stay with their their terminally ill partners. This is mostly a male issue where men like their wife has cancer and men are like, "Uh, you look ugly without hair. Bye." <laughs> um I think that well, that's, like I truly that's, believe you're morally obligated to stick around. But well, I truly believe that anybody who would leave their woman—why do I say their woman, their wife—if <laughs> anyone who would leave their um, significant other over something stupid like that, like it's going to be overall better in the long run. Yeah. But then again, if you're terminally yeah, ill, if you're terminally ill, then like Jesus Christ, I can't yeah. even imagine that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, um, like, like I don't, and... I don't believe, um, fucking, like you see, you saw this. Actually, never mind. I was gonna spoil Breaking Bad. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> this is a major theme in like season two and three of Breaking Bad. Okay, I've watched a lot of season two and three, but um, Skyler did nothing wrong. No, she did absolutely uh... nothing wrong. She did not cheat on him. She had every right to for him to be away from her. Um, uh-huh. I think she was. She's a little bit little bit judgmental you know, like like, like I mean, she, she, she's i she's mean a, well what i'm saying is she she comes off as a very conservative woman who has stronger reactions to like certain things like 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 the mm-hmm. her reaction to marijuana for example like she was like devastated yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. like devastated that walt was like like the very thought of walt smoking marijuana like obviously but at the end of the day um she had every right to for to completely eject Walt from his life, from her life. Um, when mm-hmm. earlier on, like before she knew like the very detail, like the very explicit details of what he did, I think it was kind of wrong of her to 
withhold her children from seeing their father because there, he didn't um he didn't present any kind of confliction with his desire to take care of his kids his ability and desire to take care of and love his children i think he was would have been capable of being a good father so but i also completely understand her fear and hesitance i mean there were also fucking cartel dudes lurking around yeah yeah but she didn't know murder his family what i'm saying is that she she didn't didn't know know that that. she didn't know that yeah yeah um but like just lying to your partner continuously and really making shit look like you're cheating on them and just not explaining shit that's not okay you have every fucking right to leave someone over that and and go and have sex with someone else just yeah, because 100%. that other person still isn't over you, that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I every once in a while I see a Breaking Bad fan unironically hate Skylar, and it's well. I think uh, Breaking like, Bad are you gives you kidding me. I think Breaking Bad gives you good reasons to hate every single character in that show. Yes, but particular. But if you were on the side of Walt against Skylar. Dude, and people, it's it goofy. seems like the Breaking Bad fandom, it like uncritically um, thinks Hank is like a great guy and like the hero of the show. Hank is a piece of shit. Holy crap. Yeah. I literally saw Xander Hall, a streamer who I have a very large amount of respect for, a leftist streamer, say that like, he was like, yeah, yeah, ACAB and all, but Hank is definitely on like the lower end of ACAB. I'm like, what are you talking what? about? Hank, everything, every possible criticism you could have for American police applies to Hank like 10 times more than the average cop. He is the most corrupt, most racist, most bourgeois interest upholding cop you will ever come across in fiction. Yeah. I'm, but I'm he's glad. just a guy. He's just a silly guy. He's just a little dude, yeah, he's you know? <laughs> he's funny. Um Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Um, I think he's. I think he's probably better than most of the characters in the show. But yeah, he's like he's, but that's he's a, a terrible really person. Low bar. <laughs> a very very low bar. Like I don't deny his humanity. Um, like seeing him die was like sad. Like he definitely has good and bad. But like at the same time, we're we're gonna pre- we're gonna pretend. Are we really gonna delude ourselves? Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. But we could anyway, do a we could do a whole episode. Feminism. We could do a whole episode yeah, of feminist analysis of Breaking Bad. We can once I finish Breaking Bad. I'm in like season four or something. Um, once I finish it, um, we can we can do a Breaking Bad episode. <laughs> I'm rewatching it for the third time right now with my brother. Wow, <laughs> I, I love it so much. It's like the best show ever. It's perfect. It's perfect art. There's not a moment of that show that I don't adore. And I don't think there are, like, people are like, oh, yeah, it gets kind of slow with some... No, it doesn't. Every line of dialogue, every eye contact, every moment of eye contact made in that show is, like, so fucking perfect and tasteful. Any clarity, is, ambiguity, really everything. It's there's the perfect balance of everything that art needs. And I don't care that mm-hmm. Vince Gilligan is probably a conservative. <laughs> um. Wait, wait, no, how would you... There's absolutely, there's, okay, we're getting completely sidetracked talking about Breaking Bad, but the whole, the whole fucking cancer treatment thing, the whole motivation of Walt turning to making meth, that is, that is objectively a left-leaning take. There are object, there are left-leaning and right-leaning, like, 
takes presented in Breaking Bad. But the thing is, I think yes. it I think it reflects reality so well that it's difficult to discern a political message from it. Yes. Anyway, um second wave feminism, Ruth Gator Bader Ginsburg, um fucking legal gender equality. Uh marital um, rape. Yes. Mar- you liter- it was literally legal to rape your wife until the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking it's just fucking it's terrible, women, man. Women able to have bank accounts, all this good shit can't discriminate on someone based on their gender. Well, um, that got taken away recently. Yeah. Uh, say what you will about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, you know, she's not, wasn't as uh, left-leaning as I'd like, but she really, she was really just a fucking force to be reckoned with um, as as a lawyer and eventually as a judge. Um, really a great woman who I believe deserves to be remembered fondly i would say that about a lot of historical figures the exact same thing you uh-huh. um yeah second wave feminism a lot of shit there was a lot of um actually i'll talk about that later i have i have like device i have a divisive topics section um third wave Ooh. feminism um third wave feminism essentially was just the introduction of more like systemic analysis um, people realizing that, hi, like, you know, a lot of people telling women to shut the fuck up because, like, you can vote now. You can, like, you know, leak, like, it's been a while since you mm-hmm. have, it's been written in legis, like, your oppression has been written in legislation. But women are still suffering to this day. And people realized mm-hmm. this from what? Third wave feminism, the 90s to the 2000s. So, yeah, it was just a more like people were engaging in a lot more nuanced deconstruction of the patriarchy on a social level. And mm-hmm. uh, there was also a big um, uprising of like criticism of the treatment of women in the workplace and mm-hmm. um, just general inequality between men and women in the workplace. Have There's... you seen Mad Men? No, I haven't. Very good show. Very worth watching. Um, talks a lot about inequality between men and women in the workplace. Has great scenes really really brilliant show yeah i believe you (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's i mean i don't have a whole lot else to say about third wave feminism it seemed like a pretty i don't know there's riot girls and shit (laughs) that that happened there is like the whole scum manifesto thing um where it's like actually men are inferior on a biological level and must that be started enslaved. in that started in second wave feminism that yeah that was that's older but a lot of um yeah there's a lot of like male hatred like stuff that would later go on to influence the turf movement in the um yes exclusion of trans women from feminism but yeah, i have i have a lot planned to talk about that um it's a lot of bioessentialism um yes, and exactly i won't i won't lie I see where they're coming from. Um, there's just a lot of shit where for a very, very long time, um, women being um, 
taken advantage of sexually was just an okay thing. Um, and abuse was just an okay thing. And I can see why these people went, okay, I think that there's just something wrong with men. Clearly, clearly there's a disconnect where they're just lacking in empathy for all of this suffering that we're going through. Um, Here's... And I do... I, I, I swing violently between being a misogynist and being a misandrist. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think the conclusion That's to come to is that, that yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, That's what non-binary but, uh, means. It means you hate men and women. Yes. You were like, sure. fuck all of these people. Um, uh-huh. And, and like, I, I do, I'll go through periods where I'll I'll look at just what people talk about online. I recently, this is a good example, just yesterday, um, I was talking with people about um, porn addiction in men and how, how much of a terrible issue that is. Um, and there were men who were, like, genuinely defending, like, family porn. And, oh, ew. Yeah, um... And and just the fact that you can't look on any porn site without being fucking bombarded with, like, stepsister, stepmom, even, like, explicit, like, oh, mom, sister porn. Um, yeah, that and, and also, or just, like, literal rape fetish. Like... Yes. Um, and it it just makes me... The fact that it, it is so widespread... So many people watch this shit. And it's like half of shit. If we're being on, it's like half of the shit that's on Pornhub. It is fucking rampant. Yeah, that's why I don't go and on that website. That, I, yeah, I, don't I don't understand either. how. That's I don't also understand, why I don't. I don't understand how people can, like, find content on that website. It is so terrible. It is, it is like a yeah. cesspool of absolute degeneracy. It, is, it perfectly mirrors what is wrong with our society. I don't understand yeah. how it's like the most popular site in the world. Yeah. I I mean, I I struggle to look at porn sites in general because it's either it's family shit or it's borderline pedophilic shit. Barely legal goddess takes BBC. Yeah. Yeah, it it's just it's it's sickening all of it. Um and I fucking understand the people who are like, you know what? Fuck everyone who watches this, which is most men, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, most young men have porn addictions. It's not their fault. Um, I don't they agree were that most to this young content. men have porn addictions. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between porn addiction and watching a lot of porn. And I don't, I don't think watching a lot okay, of porn makes you addicted. And I don't think there's anything wrong with watching a lot of porn as long as you're not... As long as it's not the insane shit, which is what most people watch, so. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, I believe that there are absolutely healthy ways to engage with, with pornography, with erotica. Um, yeah, it's called OnlyFans Girls. <laughs> literally, unironically, yes. Um, but, but that's rather than... OnlyFans, shit like that, um, being 
being like a liberation of an individual sex worker. It's turned into like the people who buy OnlyFans do it because they crave personal connection because they're lonely because they want to yeah, do the, and it the chat function exploitation of that. Yeah, um, and it's fucking it's fucking miserable, and it feels like there's no mi- middle ground with a lot of people a lot of the time. Um, can I can I talk about my really my like like seven hour sex work career? Yes. <laughs> um. So to make a very long story short, I was offered money to basically just text people for like a couple minutes or like twenty thirty minutes, and um, I just was painted a very clear explicit picture of the type of lonely men that pay girls for like just chats and mm-hmm. it, I literally couldn't stomach it because I felt so bad for these people and I felt like I was exploiting them I felt that they mm-hmm. not they I don't think they just like I, I don't think humans are entitled to um like sex and whatnot like that's something you have to earn it's an opportunity that presents itself in your life it's not something that um like it's not a given thing but the clear, like the very clear lack of human connection um, that these people yeah. experience, and turn to like online sex workers for, it was absolutely depressing. And I was, I literally like teared up just like seeing that. It was so, so, so fucking sad. And I don't understand how OnlyFans girls can just like set up what is probably a chat bot, you know, just their automated responses, and just watch the money pile up. Um. Mm-hmm. I could ever. That is that is terribly unethical. That's horrible. It's horrible. It's we disgusting. Need, see, this is this is why I think in sex education in schools, pornography should be talked about because it's fucking everywhere. It's impossible to avoid on the internet. Kids are being exposed to softcore porn in mobile games, um, and people kids are being groomed from young ages to have porn addictions. And to engage in unhealthy ways with erotica. Um, and we need to teach people how to engage with it in a healthy way. Teach people what it is. And oh, it's just, it, it, it's fucking miserable. And like not, not even just engaging with a lot of pornography in an unhealthy way. But like real porn addictions in young men. It really, it really is a, a huge number of people that are really struggling and aren't getting the resources that they need. Um, I'm, and I'm not going to say psychology, that I just, like psychology just laughs off porn addiction. Like no one in psychology yeah. is like actually trying to do research on this. Yeah. Um, and it's horrifying. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is that. That's kind of sidetracked. A whole nother way sidetracked as again. Well. Um, yeah. Fourth wave feminism. Modernization. That's us. Fourth, yeah, it's us. It's basically a modernization of third wave feminism. We continued the analysis and started making infographs and posted them on Instagram. Um, I personally, I firmly identify with the causes, um, goals, beliefs, you know, ideology of fourth wave feminism. Um, I just don't think most people who are fourth wave feminists know what the fuck they're talking about i think most people there's this like fake wokeness this what i like to call the woke mind virus it's just people bitching at each other 
Yeah. Uh, and just like, you know, just screaming and yelling constantly and with just like just buzzwords, weaponizing buzzwords they saw in the infographs. But um, mm-hmm. big, big, big things, fourth wave feminism, me too. Women, you know, you know, first they wanted to vote, then they wanted to uh, work, and now they want to not get raped, you know? How fucking audacious. How, yeah, you know, how selfish of these thing. fourth wave fem. You know, I was all about feminism until they, uh, until they wanted to stop getting raped and sexually assaulted by their superiors in the workplace. Um, or, you know, anybody. Um, is something somebody would say. Somebody who's not me. Um, I am big supporter of the Me Too movement. Um, I un- 100% believe in the total cancellation of uh, famous people who have engaged in sexual assault. I'm totally, totally comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Me Too I movement. Do think, Go on. I do think that a lot of people aren't engaging with it. They They aren't engaging with it in a way that is sustainable. I would love to live in a world where whenever someone says I was raped, we can completely take them at their word. Um, Unfortunately, predatory people are predatory and they're going to see an opportunity there um, to, you know, if I can say anything and people are going to believe me without, um, without any questioning whatsoever, um, then I can just wield this power to ruin the life of everyone, anyone that I want to. Um, and it is abs- absolutely is abused. 100%, um, yeah. And I think that we need to start, stop being so black and white about things. Um, start thinking critically, of course, whenever someone says, I was raped, I was sexually assaulted, they need to be supported and protected. But I do also think that this doesn't necessarily mean that whoever is being accused needs to just immediately be sent to the firing squad, <laughs> which yeah, is and that's what the some thing people is, kind of unironically are advocating for. When people make false, and this is not to say that a legitimate victim would never have this mindset or you know engage in this kind of behavior, but... Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, with a false allegation, like the clear motivation is to take somebody down, and they don't want to be emotionally supported. You know, they don't want they don't want their struggle to be legitimized. They just want the other person to be brought down, and that's oftentimes a very clearly identifiable thing. But at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, nobody's like there's no cons- there's no fully consistent behavior, and it's just really fucking sad that yeah. like a lot of times we'll never know um mm-hmm. it's and it, but it is really really important to emphasize that even if we we can never know even if there is absolutely no proof this person still needs to be protected they still need to be shielded from whoever they are accusing absolutely um, if you would even if you're fucking lying right mm-hmm and in that case, I have no sympathy for what you're doing. I have no sympathy for you lying, right? But in the case that you are making a face false rape allegation, I think you still have a right to be protected from whoever you felt the need to lie about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Me Too movement has, I don't know, and this is kind of a fucked up th- reality, but I would rather 
like I think I think if two people are persecuted uh for like sexual assault and only one of them actually did it that's that might be better than both of them getting away with it. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's particularly with famous people. But mm-hmm. I don't fucking know, man. It's so it's such a complicated topic. Yeah. It is really it is fraught. Um it needs to be they like there is no universal rule. This is ha- exactly um in one sentence I can describe exactly what you do when someone says that they've been raped. Um it's it it is very case by case. Um nevertheless still it 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 always it always deserves to be taken seriously at some level. Um I I do You'll hear Andrew Tate uh, talking about how he moved to Romania to escape Me Too. Um, and we we talked about this in our Manosphere episode, but um, the reality of that is that uh, the Romanian police are uh, extremely corrupt. And, like, there are so many probes and investigations into the way that they function because they're famous for just turning women away when they come to the police department and say, help me, I've been raped. And there are stories of women going from police department to police department over miles um, and being turned away from every single one of them uh, because it's just not taken, it's just not taken seriously. Um, and that, that is the reality of, of the anti, the anti me too people. Um, that that is their utopia where women women can go into the police department having just been raped having this be provable right then and there if they have a medical evaluation um and having them be being turned away that's that's the world that Andrew Tate wants to live in it's the um, world that he did live this, in it's yes, the world that he moved to and and um you know, I if if the haters from the last episode are here, um, I really, really encourage you to do research into um, into the goings on of uh, the Romanian police department and um, all of the corruption um, and the just systemically, habitually not taking sexual assault seriously. It is it is really it is horrifying. Um, yeah, it, yeah. But yeah, um, that was the history of feminism. Uh, very, <laughs> a, bast- a bastardized, very simplified version of it. But um, I want to talk about our personal relationships with feminism. Um, mm-hmm. And I will first start by asking the question, Felonis Ferris, are you a feminist? Absolutely, Demi Gloom. I am a feminist. Um, I believe... I can I can see the utility in just dividing labor between sexes if it was 100 200 300 years ago. But um but still having a woman have no autonomy, no ability to to get away and be independent if she is abused. Um that's obviously bad. Um, we don't want that 
We don't want women to be forced to stay with someone who beats the shit out of them. Um, and, uh, but still, on the other side, it's not like the patriarchy, it's not like men don't suffer from it. It's a lot of, like, stoicism is, that, that philosophy is ingrained into it. Um, men cannot show emotions, um, and just everything needs to be repressed, and if a man, en a man ends up killing himself because all of that emotion is repressed, well, you know, that's just the, the organism of our society taking care of itself, and, you know, taking the, the bad, the bad mutated cells out, um, and that's horrifying. I, there are so many people who I've engaged with who genuinely believe that, who believe that, um, that male su suicide is just a good thing. It is just the organism of our society, um, purging, purging cancer, something, things along those lines. Um, and it's not fucking true. Uh, stoicism, believe it or not, uh, teaching someone to bottle up all of their emotions all of the time and never ask for any help, um, causes a lot of issues. Um, you see a lot of men who, um, will go for very long periods without showing any emotion, and then at the smallest thing, they'll completely snap, and even b become violent and abusive. Um, and it's not safe, it's not sustainable, it causes suicide, very directly. Um, Arguably responsible for violence, like, like, murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and gang yes. violence and terrorism a lot yes. of other things not if, even just not even just for the men themselves yes um and stoicism as an entire philosophy is so fucking bullshit and i hate it <laughs> and i hate that it's having a resurgence um it is just the exact opposite direction of where we need to be going um you know, I, I, therapy, whatever people say, you're not going to be less attractive to women if you go to therapy, if you show some emotional vulnerability. I do believe that there are some women who are, are tougher on men than even sometimes other men are. Yeah, Primarily, you don't want those women. being tough on other men. You want nothing you, to do with those women, yeah. trust me. Anyway, it, like, yeah, the, they, they aren't worth it. They are not worth your your mental health. Um, they are not worth your life in the end. So fucking shrug your shoulders and move on if you can't cry in front of them. It's just, and it's not like this is every woman. Most, most, at least of my generation, all of the women I know who date men Almost, um, like it's like a fantasy for them to be able to comfort a man while a man while he's crying. That kind of thing. It's, it's like it's just this this fantasy, and they're so terrified of being judged in this way, and it is so fucking heartbreaking. And I do not blame them. And I I believe that there we, there needs to be more empathy and more outreach about it rather than just dismissal as being um irrational at the end of the day i do believe that it's irrational but 
that doesn't mean that those feelings, that suffering, and those mental barriers aren't real, and it doesn't mean that they don't need help to overcome them. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, well, as a socialist, uh, I... As as a socialist, and with everything, I can break this down into a class thing. Uh, it's a very bourgeois mentality to not want a man who is vulnerable and shows emotions. It's this like business, like uh, viewing humans as like like a game, like a like a pawn in a game mentality. You're only valuable. You're only valuable based on what you can do for me. That yeah, kind of mindset. Exactly. That's the mindset. It's fucking that we can cancerous. It. Um, so my 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 advice, do not date bourgeois women or women who have been corrupted by the bourgeois. Uh, greatest <laughs> mistake of my life. Uh, multiple women in my life who I have been romantically involved with have been corrupted by the bourgeois in spite of some, you know, on the surface level, like visible class consciousness um yeah i think there are a lot of working class people who hold their like ideal partner to a bourgeois standard because they've been corrupted by the bourgeois and have this have this idea of what they want to be that they aren't and count on their significant other to provide them and lift them bring them up to Mm -hmm. this bourgeois state of being um i'm I'm getting a little bit personal right now, um, but yeah, uh, blame it. On, I blame mm-hmm. it on class. I blame it on class relations. Mm-hmm. But well, I also blame the majority of men's or women's issues on class relations as well. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a lot of it does have to do with humanity itself. Humanity's uh, feelings yeah. about their feelings about each other. Uh oh! Mm-hmm. Hey, Demi Gloom, are you a feminist? Yes, I am. I am a feminist, and contrary to popular belief, uh, I've been a feminist my entire life. I was raised feminist. Um, I was taught the values of feminism. Uh, I agreed with the values of feminism, and not once in my life was I an anti-feminist or against feminism. Now, did I hang out with a lot of people who were anti-feminist <laughs> outspokenly? Yeah. Did I uh? associate with a lot of people uh, a lot of music a lot of youtube videos that were anti-feminist and bordering on misogynistic yeah um there were i had edgy periods of my life where i just surrounded myself with edginess and degeneracy but um at the end of the day i've always been a very compassionate person and always put my foot down when um there was an issue of misogyny that I was able to understand. Um, I attribute mm-hmm. any, like there was time, you know, there's definitely times where I used to just fucking hang out with a bunch of incels and be like, yeah, you guys are terrible people, but whatever. Um, but I, I don't associate with anyone who's a misogynist anymore at this point, unless it's like a very openly critical relationship. Like my relationship with um, my friend, and I say friend reluctantly because... The word friend has implications of endorsement that don't apply here. But like my friend Kathy, who is a transphobic, Catholic, uh, anti-Semitic, or formerly (laughs) anti-Semitic person, like I will have a friendly conversation with her. I will play a video game with her and I will enjoy her company and I will call her my friend. I will hope she has a nice day when she gets off my call. 
Um, I felt bad for her when her boyfriend broke up with her. I like, a, like I'm there. I'm emotionally invested in her and I care about her. But I do not agree with a lot of the things she has to say. And I find them absolutely morally repugnant. And I will call her a terrible person to her face. And that's just a relationship that I've come to value in life. I think it's a beautiful thing, personally. Um, I don't think people mm-hmm. are obligated to have those relationships. Um, especially if you're a if you're of an oppressed demographic and this person is advocating for your oppression and you don't want to make eye contact with them, I find that to be a completely reasonable boundary. But I also think that reaching your hand out for these people is undeniably a, can be a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. I went to the, <clears throat> the funeral, um, uh, a year or so ago, the funeral of uh, a transphobe, and I cried at his funeral. He was my uh, one of my dad's friends, um, who my dad my dad was friends with him despite him being like a Trump supporter and everything. They'd go fishing together and bond over that. Um, uh, and you know, I think I think that there it's it can be exhausting at times to be around someone like that who's just so many of their views you just find repulsive yeah and that's a burden um, that no one should be forced to deal with mhm but but it's you know you'll you'll the closer you get with someone the more you'll find a value about him about them um like this guy i i'd go fishing with him and He'd he'd complain for a while about how um, jazz is all is all awful music, but then he oh would talk God. about how much he loves he loves show tunes and ABBA, just like these hilarious quirks of this guy who I disagree with most uh, with on most like moral philosophical uh, uh, philosophical type things. Um, but yeah, I are, I are you anti was... jazz? Are you agreeing with that? No, I oh, like jazz. Okay. I think that he was. I think that his him being so anti jazz is probably because he was fucking racist. Yeah, being <laughs> anti jazz is like one of the biggest red flags because that means like your racism like predates modern racism. You have like yeah. that's like old school racism. This hating jazz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jazz is like well, objectively, like jazz collectively is like objectively like some of the purest, like most beautiful music that has ever mm-hmm. been created. Mm-hmm. Like people, I'm yeah. gonna be real with you. People who absolutely hate rap music and can't listen to any of it, I get it. I totally get that. I totally understand people who can't stand rap music. There are a lot of problems with like most rap music out there, um, yeah. which we could probably do an episode about and get canceled for yes but yes and i'm saying this i literally make rap music i don't like to say i'm a rapper because that has a lot of like that that just sounds funny demi like i'm not Mm -hmm. that just doesn't sound right but like i do rap um i really appreciate the art it's it is poetry in my opinion it's in my opinion it is Mm -hmm. the like it's like an evolution of poetry like it's a new artistic medium that has transcended our understanding of poetry and it's an amazing fucking thing and there's so mm-hmm. much great stuff out there that i have so much respect for but um usually when you turn on z104 and hear somebody 
you know, mumbling some jargon over like trap drums. Usually not very good. Yeah. Usually not great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways. Um kind of sidetracked. I I want to talk about um uh equal rights, equal fights. Oh shit. Because that has a whole new twist to it now that like trans women want to be MMA fighters. <laughs> yeah. Like um, because it was originally a very bioessentialist thing, but now we can't be bioessentialist. Uh-huh. Um I do my main feeling about it is that it was it was never wrong for a man to hit a woman because he's a man and she's a woman. It was wrong because someone is using their physical strength to they're leveraging their physical strength over someone who does not have um the physical strength needed to defend themselves. Um and like yes. the same way that I believe it it would be morally wrong for me to punt a 5-year-old. That is morally wrong because I am using physical force against someone who does not have the strength to defend themselves effectively. Um that that is the issue. Um I do think that there's different different shit when it comes to like um combat sports. Um I believe like if someone genuinely challenges someone else to a sparring match, um it would be a sign of disrespect to hold back on the basis of your perceptions of their their physical strength, their skill, or your assumptions based on their gender. Um and it's people it, it's not like it's not like women can't say, oh no, I don't want to fight this trans woman. They're fully they're fully capable of opting out. That is fine. I, I'm gonna be real with you. I one hundred percent have no problem with uh women in like MMA or boxing or whatever being like, yeah, that's like this woman has the physical strength of a man and I don't want to fight them. Yeah. The that's problem fine. is when you're in like a competitive league and you're climbing to the top of a hierarchy that is based on a set of like rules and pretexts that you being the anomaly kind of violate. I would say the same thing if there was like a guy with like four arms <laughs> in like <laughs> in like WWE or some shit. <laughs> like just bring, like like fucking Goro. Fucking like Goro from Mortal Kombat. Machamp. Yeah, like a Machamp. Like <laughs> Personally, with the trans women in sports thing, this all this has led me to believe is that we we have been categorizing it wrong from the beginning. Um, but we're such traditionalists that we're not like we're not going to just change the way we organized football, right? We're, nobody's going to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of how we fairly integrate or don't integrate trans people um, within and the current. I will say, as as a former. Um, high level athlete. I uh I did I went to the Junior Olympics, um, all that stuff. Uh and I will say some people will claim that the only reason that uh sports is segre segregated between men and women is because men are afraid of being shown up by women. And you know, I, I don't know if there's someone said something like that 
um, 80 years ago. But, um, it is, it's, it's, it's true that, that people who are assigned male at birth who go through, um, no hormone replacement therapy, no puberty blockers, things like that, are just going to naturally be stronger and have a build that is better for physical strength. Um, starting at a pretty young age, I mean, I, I remember, um, going from being able to beat all of the boys to them slowly creeping up on me and eventually um there being absolutely no hope of of me of me beating them um just the the physical strength gap got too wide pretty quickly like 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 9 10 11 like that gap widened a huge amount um and people have i think that the fear that uh women are just going to be pushed out of sports is is real and i think that we need to show more concern for that um a lot of people again people treat it like it's black and white um i i believe that if a trans woman does puberty blockers, and then hormone replacement therapy, there is absolutely no reason that she shouldn't be allowed into, into women's sports. She has no competitive advantage. Um, it's it just anyone who says otherwise is completely bullshitting. Um, even, there's even something to be said for wim trans women who didn't go on puberty blockers, who are just doing hormone replacement therapy, because your ability to put on muscle, um, it's highly dependent on testosterone levels, and if your testosterone levels are that are an, of a normal woman, your ability a normal woman, a normal woman Jesus Christ, uh, a cisgender woman, um, your your ability to put put on muscle will be the same as that of a cisgender woman. Um, I, I mean, being on hormones is a very that can refer to like an entire spectrum of yes. like a fit like someone's physical state of being. Because there's so much to hormone replacement therapy. It's not just estrogen. Uh, spoiler alert, yes. guys. But um, yeah, I would I would agree with you generally. Um, it it's I think that there's there's more room with as with many things. There's more room for nuance in these conversations, and people are not automatically transphobic um, for being suspicious of a a. Trans the women who system. went through, yeah, suspicious of the honor system, suspicious of trans women who went through male puberty, and people just people forget that a lot of the people who are opposed this have no fucking idea how how gender affirming care works, how hormone replacement therapy works, how puberty blockers work. They are they just think that literally any any man can go in and be like, I'm a woman now, and just absolutely kill in women's sports. When that that's, I don't think anyone is advocating. No one thinks that's a good idea. We, there's, uh, there I is disagree. Nuance. I think there are a lot of people that think that's a good idea. I wouldn't say nobody thinks that. I would say that that's not like Ugh. what people are, act like most people are actually pushing for, but like in the world that we- I also in, think- In the world of Twitter, like where people will get their politics from Twitter, yeah, there are a lot of people that believe that like- uh, any like anyone can say I'm a woman and perform um, go into women's sports and that that's a good thing. 
See that? I like to think that we're better than that. <laughs> we're that better we're than that, but they're not. More complex thought. Uh. Uh. But uh, and when I when I say this, people are gonna tell people are I know people are gonna comment. That's really a straw man. I think you're really just uh. I think you're just like exposed to right winged propaganda that'll convince you of the large uh, minority being more representative than it. No, fuck you, fuck you. I'm on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> I know what the fucking Marxists are saying. I know what I know what you guys are up to. You can't, you can't. Oh, this is a straw right wing straw man. Your way out of this shit. Okay, you need to take some fucking responsibility for your fucking brain dead stupidity. I am a leftist. I am willing to admit. That our demographic has problems <laughs> like this. Mm -hmm. And you should too. You can't just say that it's mm -hmm. all fucking straw mans because it's not. There are really fucking stupid brain dead leftists. There are leftists mm -hmm. who think that we should just kill like <laughs> all people who have a higher net worth than your average Walmart employee. There are leftists who think that Randy Savage should be able to compete in, like, a woman's boxing league. There are leftists, you know, there are leftists who believe in all this stupid shit. They are out there. Um, uh -huh. Whether they're representative and, uh, is not even, like, a question. They're obviously not representative of the majority of voters and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is that there are, there is a huge group of people that are making us look really stupid. And yeah. they need to be held accountable. Yes. Um, and, you know... No offense to to trans people, to leftists, but um, I'm the only trans person I know who did and enjoyed sports. <laughs> I enjoyed sports. It's not like well, um, well, I wasn't in any leagues. I played them. I played sports yeah. casually, but a lot and really enjoyed them. Yeah, but it's it's not exactly like we're known um, for being. The ones who are thrilled to run the mile in gym class. Um, I was thrilled most, to run the mile most, in gym class. Fuck you. Most trans people I know um, were totally the types to want to sit out in that type of stuff and just don't get the appeal of sports. And that's okay. Um, that's because that's because of like I think that's mainly because of sports culture and it's like pretty yes, much intrinsic absolutely. tied to toxic masculinity, particularly in America. There are there are places in the world where um, sports are all about like self discipline and like you know like really like really good shit. There's really really good shit like some anime sensei type shit going on. Yes, <laughs> but not in America. In America, it's all it's all like competitive. It's all. It's all what the anime protagonist thinks about before the sensei teaches him what it's all really about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think that a lot of the issues with these, these leftists is they just don't understand the appeal of sports, so it doesn't matter to them that there might be a competitive advantage to worry about. Like, this is, this is irrelevant to them. Yeah, um, 100%. And that's really fucking unfortunate. Like, if you don't, if you don't care about sports, if you don't understand the appeal whatsoever, and have no desire to make any attempt to understand the appeal, um, I don't think it's super necessary to share your opinion. To be honest, 
Um, yeah, and the same goes to, and the same thing goes to the conservatives who would use um, the WNBA as a punchline to their joke. Yeah. Who are now all of a sudden like obsessed with protecting. So concerned. Can we? Um, we've been talking about this for a while. Can we talk about misandry, bioessentialism, and how that evolved into the turf movement? Um. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say uh, about uh, the trans sports stuff before we switch? I just, I just really um, want to introduce no. that topic at some point. Not really. Okay. Um. Okay. What is a turf? Let's 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 talk about what a turf is. What do, what would you say a turf is? A trans exclusionary radical feminist, and I will say that pretty much any woman who um who is transphobic, ends up getting called a TERF on the internet, which is wrong, and I don't like that. Candace Um, Owens is not a TERF. Yeah, it is a very, it is a very specific thing. Um, It's a specific ideology where, you know, you know the, the bioessentialist transphobes on the right? It's, it's that, but um, they hate men and believe that anyone who is assigned male at birth is immediately evil <laughs> um, and inferior to women. It uh, is. That's, that's rad femme. It is a radical feminist. This is how I describe it. Um, it is like a radical feminist who, you know, obviously excludes trans women from their idea of womanhood. It is someone who is fighting for the liberation of women. And has a bioessentialist definition of woman and a bioessentialist understanding of gendered conflicts. So essentially, rather than um, their enemy being the patriarchy, their enemy is men, men themselves. These are the people who um, would take the definition of feminism as femininism, other related to femininity, the superiority of the natural femininity, which in their eyes is over-relating to the uterus. Um, And basically, in a world where gender roles are being shattered, men are becoming women, um, they they feel that trans women are essentially imposters that shouldn't be considered with their, uh, you know, advocacy for liberation, and that they are a threat to women, and that essentially they are just, I don't know what else to say, that they're fake. And this has caused a lot of problems. And it has held back uh, feminism by a couple decades. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's really important to acknowledge that a lot of these people are, um, are abuse victims. A lot of them were, uh, were raped, were abused by a man in their life. Um, and because of that, uh, just became intensely fearful of all men. It really is, it really is a heartbreaking, um, thing to see at, at its core. Um, it's, it's all, it's all fear. Um, you know, how they, they have this understanding of, of, I guess, this bioless essentialist understanding of the world where um men it's almost like an original sin concept where men are just inherently inferior because of their testosterone 
making them, I guess, aggressive, stuff like that. Um, and um, they they see no no potential for someone someone like that to be good and safe to be around. Um, so I understand why they're freaking the fuck out at trans women going into women's bathrooms because they are they are terrified. They are traumatized so, people deeply. So one would say you have sympathy for these humans. Um, pity. I pity them. I think it's no way to live your life to be afraid of everyone of a certain demographic. I think that that is that is almost always a bad thing. And part of and I say this as an abused person, part of recovery, part of healing, is um, learning to stop being so afraid all the time. That's... Learning that not everyone around you is out to get you, that not all men are um, are just fucking psychotic rapists that um, are coming to get you. Uh it's it's just it's like basic PTSD recovery that they have not been through. <laughs> um and I I pity them. I think I think it's a miserable life to lead. And it is just that like psychologically, socially, in any fields would tell you that that is an important phase, an important stage, uh, an important uh you know, an important accomplishment in your recovery. Mm-hmm is coming mm-hmm. to terms with your the biases, the way that this has influenced your thinking, um, the way that this has made you irrational. Because trauma does make you irrational. It's made me irrational. Mm-hmm. I'm physically, severely physically and emotionally abused, not sexually abused, just to make that very clear. Um, and for a very long time, I personally myself exhibited a certain amount of misandry. Um, more uh, misanthropy. Is it is it misanthropy or misanthropy? How do you pronounce it? I type it oh, all the geez, time. I don't know. Yeah, mis- I call it misanthropy. Um, I exhibited a lot of misan- misanthropy for a very long time. I convinced myself that, uh, you know, the, the abuse that I went through was just part of life. And that because that's how it was presented to me. It was presented as a necessary part of an upbringing. And from that point, I was like, well... If this is part of life, I don't like life. If this is part of humanity, yeah. I don't like humanity. Um, that's something you have to overcome. I mean, unless mm-hmm. you literally don't want the world to be a better place. Mm-hmm. Which, unfortunately, I think is what trauma does to a lot of people. It makes you nihilistic. It makes you hateful. It makes you bitter. You know, you, it you crushes see this- your hope for a better future. And you see this happen to any marginalized group of people or anybody yes. with any amount of grievances whatsoever. This is just what happens into a large amount of people of any group that is oppressed or fucked with. Um, I think the turf, I think the bioessentialism, particularly that came from second wave, third wave, and even first wave feminism, I think it comes from not even being able to fathom a world where men and women can get along, where men and women can mm-hmm. coexist, where women are not the victims of a man's oppression, of a man's iron fist. And mm-hmm. under that pretext, um, it makes sense. You know, you can really understand where the transphobia comes from, where the 
true misandry comes from, which is what makes it sad. It comes from suffering. Um, mm-hmm. Hatred comes from grievances, legitimate grievances. Um, what they attribute these grievances to may or may not be legitimate, but they are. it is legitimate suffering nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I think this is... I think this is ultimately a failure of like earlier feminists movements, like ability to reach across the aisle. Um, The fact that it sort of became an echo chamber and the fact that it affirms a lot of like what I can only call hatred and bigotry or I guess uh, Mm -hmm. ignorance, bias, insecurity, even it affirms all of that. And um, I think feminism hasn't done a good job of criticizing criticizing that sort of thought and deterring mm-hmm. it. And I think the hatred of men didn't seem like a huge problem until like trans women came out, until trans women were <laughs> released. No, in, until trans women were accounted for publicly by, you know, released within politics. Yeah, exactly. Um once trans women became a huge thing, once trans women were finally being recognized as human beings. Um, they kind of realized that all this like hypothetical shit around like surrounding men and their ideals towards men that they had in theory were not working out in practice. Um, that's mm-hmm. what we noticed with the turf movement. And um, I can say as a trans woman, I am offended by misandry, raw hatred of men that is based on that is based in the biological realm is offensive to me because that is hatred mm-hmm. of me and you see a lot of smug a lot of smug uh feminists leftists whatever mainly who i would just describe as um people i went to middle school and high school with <laughs> they'll share the they will share the infograph about how trans women are women and all that and then like simultaneously be like oh my god men are such fucking animals the penis is a weapon and we'll say all these things about men, right? Not saying, you know, they say trans women are women. Therefore, surely they're not talking about me, right? But they'll say a lot of very bioessentialist things against men that offend me personally as a trans woman. And while I appreciate them considering me a woman in one context, it seems that they are attributing a lot of really negative traits to the natural masculinity that I was born with uh, in other people which is not okay. Um, hatred of men affects, first of all, men, you know, but people aren't even going to pretend to care about men for one minute. You know, people just want men to suffer and kill themselves. What the fuck ever. <laughs> the moment Jesus trans Christ. people are brought up, it's true. Is it not true? Um, I think some people feel that way. I think uh, most people don't. I don't um, think most people think- feel that way. I think most people are pretty comfortable... Um, saying things that like i think pe- most people are pretty comfortable turning a blind eye to like raw misandry and uh just hatred yes. towards men because men are the oppressor historically yes i do think that that is true and this blind eye you know helps foster and cycle its way into the turf the turf mindset um you know, a lot of people who were formerly in my life have, you know, like, treat, tried to treat me as a woman and whatnot, but at the end of the day, I could tell that they they had this problem with me, and they 
a lot of former classmates and people in my life, um, they, you know, they reposted the infograph about how trans women are women. But when they come face to face with a fucking troon, big shoulders, <laughs> deep voice, Jesus fucking t- to raw testosterone, it's, I'm saying it how it is. When they come across the raw testosterone factory that is demigloom and then are asked to treat them as a woman, they get afraid and confused. I think a lot, a lot of AFAB, assigned female at birth folks, the, the AFABulous community, um, are in theory all about this trans women are women thing, but they see someone like me who generously is very obviously assigned male at birth, um, more realistically is a man in every form of the word from this person's perspective. And they get scared. Because they are intimidated and afraid of men. And this intimidation and fear that men bring is something that I'm bringing as a trans woman towards people. And it is, I 100% believe that more women than they would like to admit feel threatened by trans women. Or more AFAB people feel threatened by trans women. I think most, I think if I were to walk into a women's restroom, most people would be absolutely horrified. By my presence, like 100%. And obviously that's not right. I don't think that's cool. I don't think people should be afraid of that, but that is the case. And that is something we have to acknowledge when we talk about the circumstances that lead to these ideologies, you know, prospering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, it's all really, it's all really sad, honestly. It's, and I'm not sure what, what the solution is, something that's fair to everyone. Um, because I don't, I don't think that it, it's a good idea for us to just brute force all trans women are now in women's bathrooms, even though there are some women who are, like, really deeply afraid, because that fear is, is real. Um, like, I, I, but I, it's also not fair to send trans women into men's restrooms when going into a, a men's restroom as a trans woman is dangerous for them for the same reasons that it's dangerous for cis women. Same with men's prisons. That is dangerous for them. Yeah, but nobody cares I mean, about trans women, so it's fine. It it's really it's it is fraught. It is fraught. Um and I think I think that over time we're going to make more and more progress. Um but it's 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 going to take time. I think it's going to take a very long time. I think the majority of people on this planet um, are incapable of even deluding themselves or pretending that they see me as anything less than a man or anything more than a man, anything other than a man. Um, at the end of the day, this bioessentialist understanding of gender is what I I believe all cis people have for the most part, unless. Maybe I think there are cis people who like went to our high school, right? Like people who are mm-hmm. absolutely surrounded by loony trunies for a very long time <laughs> that can to- truly see beyond the you know the dead giveaways and mm-hmm. the natural masculinity of someone like me. But with those few exceptions aside, I don't have any hope that I will live to see a day where I am treated as a woman or 
really that I am a woman anywhere outside of my own head. Well, and we we just talked about how there are people alive today who were there for the era where um, men would go work 14 hours at a factory and come home and beat their wives about it, and there was nothing that their wife could do to, to stop them, um, to liberate themselves, and how completely that is transformed over the course of people's lifetimes. Um, so I wouldn't think about all the people. I wouldn't completely who, lose hope. Think about all the people who didn't live very long during those time periods. Yes, this is true. Um, that it's that's part part of the uh, the saddest part of social movements like that. This is that there are a lot of people who will not survive um, to the point of being able to see the world, um, see a world that treats them like they really deserve treats them kindly and with respect um people i'm crossing my fingers that you'll stick a lot around for a while um until yeah. you can see it i i have faith that in the next hundred years it'll happen um but you can call this like white liberal shit you can call this um like you could attribute this to like uh emotional immaturity or whatever but like i have found myself just like the more and more I read about people like civil rights activists, uh, women's rights activists, and just people who like never lived to see today, and also the fact that um, their visions were like truly to this day are not met, like the simultaneous fact that they never got to see the amazing progress that has been made, nor um, is the real progress actually has, nor has the real progress actually been made, has like actually brought me to tears. Um, when I, when I just think about how cruel the world is to just, like, murder somebody like Malcolm X on, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> over stupid shit, it's, mm -hmm. it's such a cold reality. It's such a cold yeah. reality that, um, you know, like, change, change is punished. That's the, that's what I'm trying to get at. How, yes. how punished change is. And how it's constantly going against the grain. And, mm -hmm. um... Yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, we lost we lost an entire generation just about of uh gay men to AIDS because the government refused to do anything about it because it was a homosexual disease. Um I am I have the privilege to know um some some gay men in their 50s. Uh the rare, extremely rare gay men who are in their 50s and and older. Um and out and not waiting for their parents yeah. to die to come yeah. out um and it's it is just it is fucking gut-wrenching to remember the the number of people who died before they could see a world where they could marry the person that they loved um it's it's really i'm i'm tearing up thinking about it right now <laughs> um but yeah, this just and there's so many so many trans women also trans people in general who um who died uh from the AIDS epidemic from other things uh before they were able to see the world as it is now. Um, you know, and obviously uh things are still very far from ideal, but trans um, women are these these tra the trans women are dying right now. Yes, 
and trans people um, trans people and i i am i want to sincerely apologize for making this all about trans women by the way this entire fucking rant because this all applies to aside from a couple like specific examples that i've laid out this all applies to non-binary people but anyone or uh, trans men non-binary people all gender non-conforming people particularly those who identify as transgender this is this all applies this is not just about me the the reaction to trans women is more violent and aggressive than it is to people who are assigned female at birth because we um people who are assigned male at birth are are seen as a threat and uh people who are assigned female at birth aren't taken seriously um and that is the fact i'm not even talking about like the turf shit right now just like the general like disconsideration <laughs> mm-hmm. um people people are rightfully so um acknowledging and understanding like the differences in experience between trans men and trans women and i find myself guilty of this at least in the less than distant past maybe not the near near past mm-hmm. but um kind of downplaying um the struggles and suffering of like trans mask people in particular or the afab trans people because it seems mm-hmm. so bad for trans women that like part of like part of me at certain times felt like there was there's never a point where i would consider myself like invalidating trans mask suffering but there are certainly mm-hmm. times where i felt like i had pushed it to the side to like try to zero in on the trans women shit because that felt like mm-hmm. more of a priority to me in reality it was more so that i'm just living it every fucking day because i get harassed yeah. every single day at work i get you know it's just I am a constant victim of transphobia. And I don't care what any fucking person says. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. privileged. I have privilege. I'm a privileged, a very privileged person. I'm not living through the fucking AIDS epidemic. You know, I am white and middle class. Like, you know, there are a lot of privileges that I have and I am willing to acknowledge that. But I don't want anyone to fucking tell me that I'm not going, not a, a victim of transphobia on a daily basis because i absolutely am and i don't care what anybody says yes i am playing the victim because i am a fucking victim Mm -hmm. and it's it's true that it is like i i don't think that we we need to sit here and in insist that there is no difference between the suffering of uh trans women trans femmes versus trans masks uh afab trans people because it, it is true, just objectively, that people are, like, it is just more dangerous for you to exist visibly in public than it is for me. You know, I can, I can wear my, my pronoun, um, my pronoun bracelet and my, my, uh, my pins that have the the non-binary snake pin that you got me and the thing the charm on my cane and no one's gonna bat an eye no no one gives a shit no one sees me as a threat no one's afraid i think you get some eye Um, rolls hey hey don't don't be too hard on yourself i'm sure there are plenty of people (laughs) that think you're pathetic and hate you (laughs) oh yeah sure 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 um (laughs) one of the funniest things my coworker. Um, I was talking about passing with my coworker who is also trans and I was just like, yeah, like everybody, like just, I'm just a guy, like in the eyes of pretty much everybody. 
And then they were like, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. I'm sure you confuse a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I- I'm sure you do. Sometimes. I did Very one rarely. Time, I did one time um, someone said to me, this was over the internet, but um, but it still made me feel warm inside. Um, someone said, I can't tell if you're a boy or a girl, but either way, you're hot as fuck. And that, uh, there's... It doesn't get better than that, folks. Um, yep, can die happy. Little little kids have sometimes asked me if I was a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this is okay. I'm gonna tell you the worst feeling on earth. Okay, I'm about to tell you like the most human suffering that someone can experience in like a 30 second period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, someone will see me from like behind, right, or just like a distance and they'll say uh excuse me ma'am uh mainly just old people who see like vaguely long hair and just that long hair equals woman and then i'll like they'll be like excuse me ma'am and then i'll like turn my head and then they'll like make eye contact with me and then they'll say oh my god i am so sorry and I'll be like, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, no, I really mean it. I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, to even, I promise you, man, it's it. There's there's nothing about you. You know, it's you're the most masculine man I've laid my eyes upon, and I am just a complete idiot for even thinking for a moment that you are a woman. You are nothing like a woman, and I want you to know that you are the most masculine man I've laid my eyes upon. Nothing you could ever do would convince me otherwise. You They have to be doing that on purpose. That has to be purposeful. No, I've, they have to know. I just made up that whole rant. That's what I that's what I imagine them saying in their head. They just they'll, they'll, <laughs> just, they'll just do like the I'm so sorry thing. Mm-hmm. It's all like it's all like trailer park women who probably have never made eye contact with a trans person knowingly before. And it's all done very politely. And that's this is the worst thing. I'm gonna tell you right now. Transphobic people who, like, know that I'm a trans woman and say things to pick on me for being trans, I don't really care a whole lot. What I really hate is masculine affirmation, positive masculine affirmation. Um, When people will just casually say things like, yeah, you're like a, you're a big intimidating guy, or like, you're really strong. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. One time before, um, before I was out to my, when I was out to everyone except my family, my brother um, insultingly was like, you look like a woman because of my haircut. And my mom was like, a pretty ugly woman, Jesus. Statements like that have caused what I can only describe as irreversible, like psychological damage that can never, because those statements can never be taken back because those were truly honest statements um, intended to be positive those are statements that cannot be taken back transphobic statements like like blatantly transphobic statements like you'll never be a woman yay uh don't really mean a whole lot to me because it's clearly the intention it's clearly the statement is derived from a desire to hurt me um when someone observes a very basic reality that contradicts my desire and my understanding of myself in a way that's intended to be positive is probably probably the worst thing that can happen to me. There's a lot of people who 
are just oblivious to trans issues. Um, but then there's, there's a lot of people who are very actively cruel and say things out of a desire, um, to, to cause pain. And I, I don't know how to, how to engage with those people in, in a positive way, because it is just so, like, when you're at the point of, like, cheering on high suicide statistics, how, how am I supposed to engage with you? Um, is there any more feminism stuff that we want to talk about? Yeah, there's probably a lot of feminism things that we didn't even touch on. Um, I know, I know you have some somewhere in your brain. I just don't know if you can pull them out on the spot. Um, I guess, I guess positive masculinity. A lot of people have this fixation on, um, on toxic masculinity, and people take that as ma masculinity equals toxicity. Um, and I really don't think that's true. No, no it's not I true think, at all. No. Um, for instance, for instance, Joel Miller from The Last of Us, HBO adaptation. I haven't played the games, I know, I'm so sorry. Obviously deeply flawed, very morally gray at times, but I would say in general that is an example of very positive masculinity. Being protective, using your strength to protect people who do not have the strength to protect themselves. That desire, that is extremely, that is extremely positive and uh, a really, really valuable masculine trait that I don't think is is really encouraged enough. Um, I mean, we we see we see like our movie heroes who um, who will swoop in and save the day, but that's it's that's more self gratifying most of the time. Yes, rather than being being framed as like I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. It's being framed as I'm doing this and I'm the greatest person ever and. You know, treat me like a god now. Um, yeah, I think. Um, but I but, think there uh, is. Go on. Sorry, there's a uh, there's a lot of positive masculine traits that we don't Dignity, talk about enough. Self discipline. And, yeah, honor, and a lot of people courage, are uh, are absolutely allergic to um, to validating men at all. <laughs> Uh, but I think it's really important. Um, I also think that whenever someone is going against the grain by doing the right thing, I think it's okay to acknowledge that and give them a pat on the back for because they're doing something that is objectively very difficult and that is worth commending. Oh, but, you're gonna you're yeah. gonna applaud you're gonna applaud someone for doing the bare minimum. Yes. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, we should applaud people for doing the bare minimum. Maybe not applaud, but like in encouraging the bare minimum. Like, because when you say things like, oh, we're going to applaud people, for you're discouraging the bare minimum. You're making the bare mm -hmm. minimum, like you're, you're belittling those who do the bare minimum. Why? Mm -hmm. why, like, why? This, is, this is another thing of the left's addiction to losing. Like, why mm -hmm. are we, why do we just hate people who are sympathetic to us that are like not fully a member of our cult anyways positive masculinity i think positive masculinity is reinforced and taught to us kind of enough 
Like, I, I don't think... I, I think we... I don't think there's this a severe lack of positive masculinity being instilled in people. I think they just don't know how to define positive masculinity. Um, And I'm of the belief that there is not a single character trait that is, like, inherently masculine or feminine, but rather that certain traits and, like, categories of character traits can be categorized as masculine or feminine based on their association Mm -hmm. with gender identities um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think there's here's what i have to say about people who think toxic masculinity means all masculinity is toxic and this is this is a model that applies to pretty much everything so there are there is what the left thinks there is what the right thinks the left thinks and then there are also really stupid people on the left who agree, who do think what the right thinks the left thinks. Uh-huh. So there is, so the left believes that um, toxic masculinity is, you know, that masculinity can uh, manifest in toxicity, that masculinity can influence toxicity, and that there is a breed of masculinity that is toxic. The right thinks, the left thinks, all masculinity is toxic. And for some reason, there are some people on the left who are fucking stupid enough to think that all masculinity is toxic and believe what the right thinks they believe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of believing in some things that the right thinks the left believes. Um, mm-hmm. Like they say, like they want to make everyone gay, right? They're like, oh, the left mm-hmm. wants to make everyone gay. Like, no, we don't want to make everyone gay. We just think that people who were born with the gay gene have a right to cope with that. Like, that's basically <laughs> fucking Jesus gay fucking messaging. Christ. Isn't this true, though? Am I saying yes. anything wrong? Like, like You're liberals, absolutely right. Because liberals, like, lied. Liberals literally lied and said there is a gay gene for so long. And they were like, they can't uh-huh. help being disgusting. Was basically, mm-hmm. they said, basically said that in nicer words. They're like, well, they can't control it. They're like, they, they, mm-hmm. they never... Never once did they try to argue that maybe homosexuality wasn't disgusting. It was just like, oh, they can't control it. So uh, it's, it's, it's not okay for you to, you know, they treated it. They still catastrophized it. You know, they did like the autism mm-hmm. speaks shit. And God, I'm going to have to cut so much out. Holy shit, I'm unhinged. <laughs> um, yeah, the liberals, like, fuck liberals. Fuck liberals. We're leftists. We're not liberals. We're not lib cucks. Shit libs. I am one step away from self-identifying as an empiricist, which is the most pretentious thing you can do. But I have come to the conclusion that humanity has become so detached from reality and that we are in an intellectual dark age and that empiricism is no longer valued um, in political discourse. And we live in a world where we ought to emphasize empiricism we ought to emphasize our faith in utility mm-hmm. why 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 does that have to be emphasized why are people openly detached from reality why are people openly believing in what they want to believe i don't fucking know because people are stupid feminism is um feminism is good do you have anything else you want to talk about feminism before we wrap things up no, I don't think so. I'm sure I'm going to think of a bunch of stuff uh, 
as soon as we are no longer recording, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Squeebo <laughs> wants to come on the next episode. Should we let them? Aw, oh, hell yeah! Yeah, that's it. Um, Felonius Ferris, where can our listeners find you? Uh, Tumblr, TikTok, uh, YouTube, um, uh, Truth Social, uh, Twitter even, um, even though I don't really use it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go watch Pedro Pascal's entire portfolio of work. Um, yeah, where can we find you, Demi Gloom? Um, I'm I'm considering getting a Tumblr now, um, because a trans oh, fuck yeah. a trans mask coworker of mine told me to. Um, oh fuck yeah! They were they were pitching it to me, and I was like, mm, looks pretty. It's a very uh, beautiful kind of disgusting in a way. Mm-hmm. I will um most likely be on there at some point. Whether or not I stick around is questionable. But the main place you can find me, I have another podcast called The Issue Crew that I host with um, a more diverse, uh, it, it's a platform with a more diverse set of ideas than this one. Um, I'll leave it at that. And it's, a, it's edgy chaos. It's funny. It's a comedy podcast. Go listen to that. It's available on all podcast platforms. And also go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Demi Gloom, D-E-M-I-G-L-O-O-M. Um, I have a couple sh- very short, like funny video essays about politics, trans stuff, and um, I plan on making more. I'm currently almost done scripting a video called 10 Things You Should Never Say to a Trans Woman," which is um, I think it's pretty good, pretty good video. It's not like a watch mojo top 10. It's has more integrity than that. But anyways, I have been Demi Gloom. And I've been Felonius Ferris. Bye-bye!